We allow your spirit to move within us, Lord. It wasn't just the cross. Your word says that through the purchase with your blood of our souls, we gained access into the inner courts, into the most holy of holies, that we would be a people that are led by your spirit. I thank you, Lord, that your very spirit is in us, leading us. Pray that our hearts, Lord, would open to you right now. Lord, do a supernatural work in us that only you can do. We can only open it up so far. Lord, I thank you that you... You're faithful, that you look and you see hearts willing and looking for you. And I thank you, Lord, you do the rest. It's a supernatural work that happens, just willing, open to you, raising our hands to you, raising our hearts to you, giving you words, Lord, from our hearts of praise and adoration and desperation. I thank you, Lord. Then you do the rest. Holy Spirit, do the rest today. Come in and do a restoration. Give us revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. I thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We are desperate for you. We need you, Lord. I'm going to hop right into the Word today. We are talking. This is part two of what I started talking about last week. And it's the power of your tongue, the power of this mouth. I just wanted to read from the book of Mark, chapter 11. I believe that this little chunk of scripture sums up last week's sermon. So instead of re-preaching last week, I'm going to give you a brand new chunk of scripture, but it says the whole sermon last week, and I want to go right into some fresh word for today. The book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 12, we find Jesus, he's towards the end of his time here on earth, and they just, he just rode in on the donkey, and they praised him, and it says, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Jesus came up to a tree and commanded it to do something. He spoke to this fig tree. And he said, you're never going to produce fruit ever again. It says in verse 20, The next morning, as they passed by, the fig tree that he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, You can pray for anything 
And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. This story, to sum up last week's sermon, is this. There was an authority that God placed in Jesus' mouth. Does anybody here doubt that Jesus had the authority that when he spoke, it happened, and when he cursed, it was cursed? When Jesus speaks, it happens. We read last week um, about creation. We went to Genesis, and it says in Hebrews 11 that the worlds were framed. God literally framed the universe and the world with his mouth. And the Bible says very clearly that Jesus Christ himself was that tool that God used being God himself. God spoke through his son, Jesus Christ, to do it. It says nothing was made that was not made through Jesus. And this makes perfect sense because Jesus is the word made flesh. So there's an authority that God placed in Jesus. And his authority was to bless and to curse. When Jesus spoke, it happened. What's funny to me when I read this story is the Bible says Jesus is without sin. So I believe the Bible. But the funny thing to me, just, you know, what do we know? We're a little man looking at God. So I'm looking at this story, though, human, and saying, it says that it wasn't even season. Jesus got angry at this tree, and it wasn't even season. But Jesus was hungry. And he said, that's it. You're never going to produce fruit again. You should have had fruit for me. And that's just a little funny thing for me. That's not the point of today's sermon. But when Jesus said it, when he spoke to that tree, it listened from the roots up, the entirety. When you speak, he says, Peter, I tell you the truth. You can say. So the point to this passage is that Jesus spoke, but it's not, you can't just say, well, Jesus had the authority, he's Jesus. Jesus was able to do that because he's Jesus. Jesus says to Peter, put it in layman's terms, don't be too surprised by this, what I just did. And we established last week because of the power that is in your mouth. Don't get too surprised by this. It's because, Peter, I told it to do something. It had to listen. It has to. Everything about it, its entire DNA that made up that tree just died because he cursed it. And the reality is, is that because Jesus said that we can speak, then let's look at this entire story here. Jesus tells us to tell the mountain to be cast into the sea and it will happen. But the reference, the story that sparks him telling you of the ability of your mouth, the ability of your proclamations, what you are saying is going to come to pass. Well, what is the, what is the context here? Jesus didn't tell the tree to have life. He told it to die, and it died. And the reality is here is that he's very clear that there's an authority that's been put in your mouth. As a follower of Christ, you have now an accountability to God to use it properly, but specifically when Jesus spoke a curse, that came to pass too. It says that he cursed it, and it died. And the reality is for us is that we have the ability, and we're going to open up the book of James chapter 3. 
we have the ability to speak into situations, into mountains in our life. And we can make the choice to speak life or we can curse it. Is, any, is it scripture unclear? When Jesus cursed it, was it cursed? But Jesus tells us to speak to the thing in front of you, tell it what to do, and it will do it. That means that if you tell it the thing in front of you, that job that you believe that God puts you there, and, this, and everything was lined up. This is what you've been studying for, and this is it. This is the position, and now somebody comes in, and they've told some lies, and they're trying to steal this position from you that God's placed you in, and now you have the ability in that moment to say, God, I thank you that you've put me here. I thank you that you led me to this and start blessing that situation, start praising God, start lifting up the other person as well. We'll get into that. Or you can start condemning. You can say, you know what? I was never going to get that job anyway. You know what? My boss is such and such. You know what? That person is, a, is this and that person is that. And what happens is, as Jesus has shown, out of the power of our mouth, there's an authority that was placed in Jesus, and he made it very clear that it wasn't only in his mouth. He turned to Peter and said, you, which is us. When you speak life, life will come. When you speak death, death will come. And if you don't believe me, before I turn to James, I just want to go over here to Proverbs. Thank you, Mariah, for working with me. Proverbs. And you can, man, just open up the Proverbs anywhere. In any proverb, you're going to have something about the tongue. Anyone. But I'm going to pull open uh, Proverbs chapter 10 here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18. It says, just going to read a few verses here. Verse 6, it says, Fools' words get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Verse 20, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. And verse 21, if you don't believe me, the word says that I don't have to take or add. It says it very clearly. Verse 21, that the tongue can bring, what does the scripture say? Death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The scriptures are clear, and Jesus proved this proverb, didn't he? That when he spoke a curse, it was cursed. And when he spoke life, which he spent most of his time here doing, didn't spend a lot of time cursing, Jesus spent most of his time speaking, you are healed. And were they healed? Yes, because of the authority that was placed in him. Now, we're going to look into it a little bit. It's not just, you can't just say anything you want. It's going to happen. Their vo the voice, and we're going to get into it, is coming from the authority placed within him. And when there's an authority in you, for instance, just being a believer in an unsaved situation creates an authority. And if you take that authority that's in you and you start speaking... You don't even realize what's happening, but that this proverb is happening. You're either speaking death or life. And it's as simple, it's very, make it very practical. It's as simple as, as, this, as the analogy that I gave you. You're just in a situation where it's not necessarily going your way. And we do it all the time. We start cursing the situation before it even happens. It's not even lost yet, and you start saying, I'll never be, it'll never happen, and we just start speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it, and this proverb is true, and it will come to pass. It will bring what you said out of your mouth. Now, the world 
copies this to a certain extent. They have positive speaking and positive thinking. They get into all of these things, and they, what they're doing is they're without the authority given them by God. They're tapping into a demonic, dark place. They're tapping into things they shouldn't be doing, but they're still using a principle that God created. And you'll see it, right? Um, we don't worry about these things because we have the blood of Jesus Christ, but a witch or a warlock. And if you go to Africa, you go to Haiti, everybody in town is very aware of the power of the words because you were there, right? These people start speaking things and the power of those things, they start coming to pass. Now, they've been given authority, not from God, but they've been given authority from hell to do those things, to say those things. We don't worry about those things. We're covered by the blood. But now you as a believer, sometimes, and this is, I, I'm convinced that the Lord's been showing me that the devil wants to make you flippant with your mouth, thinking it's no big deal. I say this and say that. Now, listen, I'm not saying one time, like, my shoes are killing me, okay, that your shoes are literally going to kill you, okay? All right, we say these type of phrases. But if you start speaking over, if I was speaking over Dawn, okay, now I'm, and I kept saying, she's never going to change. She's never going to change. She's never going to change. Now, she is going to change in Jesus', Jesus name, so am I. And I'm not thinking of a real situation, but if I'm behind closed doors and I'm speaking this, the power of your words are right here. And then this, this may sound funny. You may not agree. But you go to the word. The word is clear that the tongue can bring death or life. So let's get into this just a little. In James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, I want everybody to read this out loud. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. Wow. For if we could control our tongues, we would be Perfect. Who's gotten into trouble with your tongue before? Okay. And you're just like me. I love my wife. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. The tongue is powerful. And it's flippant. Just, just it strikes. And we're going to look at some of the scriptures that literally that's what's happening. It says, we could control ourselves in every other way. Your tongue, if you could control your tongue, you could control everything else about you. This little tiny member in your body is pretty powerful. That if the scriptures say that that alone would make you perfect, and that everything else in your life would come under control if you can control your tongue. Look at verse 3. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And it's talking of our tongue. Just like a rudder in a, a rudder is not in a horse's mouth. Just like a rudder on a ship and a small bit on this large horse that's the tongue. And I was thinking, based on 
you know, there's some more here. It gets into our relationship with other people. But just right here, I was thinking just for your own life, just your own personal life, what are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about who you are? We do that. It's very common. Now, I just made some examples of speaking into the situation and I said, you know, flipping your tongue out, you're, say, you're saying something about someone else or to someone else. But what about you, too? What are you saying about you? How many times somebody, you know, they stand in front of the mirror and they go, I'm ugly. I'm this. I'm that. Now, I'm not saying that by you saying it, it makes you ugly. Okay? But what are you telling? What are you just, what are you speaking out there all the time what are you telling yourself all the time? Are you speaking God's word? It's a tiny thing, but it says that it literally, even though it's a small part of you, it dictates where you go. Even though the bit is small, it tells the horse where to go. The rest of your life comes into line with what you speak. Are you speaking truth? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking negative, positive? Sometimes you're defeating yourself before you even start. Remember what we read just a couple weeks ago about we were talking about getting back to the place where we are intimate with Jesus Christ. We are his bride, as we sang. We are one with him. He is one with us. There is a place that we have with Jesus, and that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. And we look, though, at the book of Joshua, because pre-Christ, the closest thing you could get to a relationship with Christ because of sin in between, because the blood hadn't been shed yet, was the law. And so the symbolism, we can actually read Joshua and we can put Jesus right in there because he is the fulfillment of the law. And he says to meditate, told Joshua, God spoke to Joshua and said, I want you to meditate daily. And that's what we were talking about. But also he said further, further than that, I want it to never depart from your mouth. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Why did he tell him that? Well, Joshua, if you read his story, he had some things to do, didn't he? Joshua had some battles to face. He had a similar miracle like Moses where the Jordan River literally split apart and dried up and they walked across. They had some miracles to, to, for God to do in their lives. They had some cities that God was going to move them into that needed to be conquered. And what was the key? Yes, a couple of weeks ago, getting Jesus back to where he should be, the meditation of your heart, putting Jesus there. And when he's there, honestly, you don't really, and I want to get into this if I can today, that you don't need to really try to put it on your lips, actually. We're going to look at the scriptures to prove that point. When he's really the meditation, when he's really the center and the focus, it's going to come out of your mouth anyway. I don't want to get ahead of myself on that. But he told Joshua to not let it out of your mouth. And the point is that even though this tongue is a small thing, that what you are speaking, when you make the choice to speak, you meditate on your heart. And when you make the choice to speak, what are you speaking? And if he told Joshua to not let it out of his mouth, I'm going to listen to God. If he told a leader who was about to do some things for him that this will be the key, he said to him, you will make your way prosperous. In fact, the Bible says, 
Again, in the Proverbs and the Psalms, I love it, in Psalms 34, verse 12, does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. It says in Psalm chapter 15, verse 1, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. It literally says that those who will worship the Lord, those welcome in His sanctuary, are the ones who are speaking truth Speaking life, in Job, it says in chapter 27, verse 3, As long as I live while I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil and my tongue will speak no lies. Let's go back over to James chapter 3. The point is here that I wanted to make as we move on is that even just before you're dealing with anybody else, before it's talking what you're saying to that person, the scriptures say that it's a small thing, but it will dictate, it will direct you. And that even in your own personal life, what's coming out of your mouth is going to tell you where you're going. And that's why he told Joshua, you got to put the word in there because as soon as trial comes and hard times come, our inclination, our human nature is to curse it. That's just our human nature. That's just, that's all of us. That's me too. Your human nature is it's too hard. I can't, I won't, it'll never happen, blah, 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 blah. That's our human nature. And, but the word of God is not filled with too much I can't, is it? The word of God is not filled with too much, it'll never happen. The word of God is filled with unbelievable framing the worlds. It actually says not just framed them with his words, but out of nothing. He spoke into nothingness. It didn't exist. There was no, don't listen to science. God did not take modern science. He's the scientist. Science is real, but modern science is not. God did not take some sort of stuff and substance. I mean, this goop and lake. I mean, where'd that come from? Come on, seriously. God doesn't need a lake of DNA for us to roll out of and become an amoeba and whatever else from there. The Bible says he just spoke into nothingness and it became... And in your situation that you're going through, whether it's a marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your workplace, you can speak into it and it might look like nothing. It might look like never. And that's what your human nature is going to tell you, just like God told Joshua. But by speaking the word instead of what your head says... You're now speaking truth and life. And then you don't worry about the results. You don't look to try to see when it or how or why. And that's a side sermon. But you just start speaking and keep speaking. So if I have any chance of getting through any of this, let me keep moving here. In James chapter 3, verse 5. He says, in the same way that it's a small rudder, it's a small bit, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but then he takes us to another. So we've established that that topic, that it's a small thing, but it directs, but now he takes us another direction. It's also a tiny spark that can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. 
It can set your whole life on fire. Who's ever felt like your whole life was set on fire? Annie? <laughs> I, just saw you, I just saw you laughing there. I have. I mean, this is the word of God. I'm not adding or taking away. I'm just reading the word here. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Your tongue is set on fire by hell itself. It says people, I've been, was meditating about verse 7, because it says people can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish. And I was thinking, uh, based on verse 7, that you know animals, some have some sort of a vocal cord, some have none, and they have communication with themselves, but they're not able to speak. You know, a parrot can mimic, but it's not really speaking, right? It's just like a tape recorder. But we do. And the devil is fully aware of this ability that was only given to mankind. And it says, verse 8, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, Sunday morning, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God, Sunday afternoon. And so, I made it easy for you guys, just blaze right through that. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Well, okay, that was it for today. We can just close that there. That's pretty, pretty much it. Wow. You know, we have a choice of speaking two different ways. We can praise God, and then we can choose to curse those made in His image. A couple of Proverbs and Psalms, it says... You know, you're in a situation, tempers are flaring. Proverbs 15, 1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger or it turns away wrath, but harsh words make tempers flare. Okay, I think that, that I don't even need to, I don't need to add anything to that. We've got that. Verse 4, the same proverb, gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 10, verse 11 through 12, it says, The words of the godly are a life giving fountain, but the words of the wicked conceal violent intentions, and hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Actually, the older text says that love covers all sins. Hatred stirs it up, but love will cover it. I just want to take a look at this proverb and hang here for a moment. It says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, that though the... there. <laughs> Try that again. Here we go. Verse 18. There are those who speak rashly. This is out of the Amplified, Mariah. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 18 says that there are those who speak rashly like the piercing of a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Isn't that exactly what it's like? It's like, I'll get you 
when we get into an argument and we get into things with people, we can do this, you can do this to yourself. You can do this just speaking about a situation. And you can do this to a person. And we have all been there. And we know how to, when to draw that sword. And it is so quick. That sword, it's never buckled. It is ready to go so fast. We, someone says one thing we don't like and it's whoosh. It's the piercing of a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. God's word is clear. When people say, I don't get it, I don't understand it, this is no offense to anyone here, anyone listening, but you just haven't read it. It's black and white. We just don't want to listen to it. <laughs> we don't want to control our tongue because, no, but you don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did, but I, I have to stand up for myself. I have to. I have the right to stand up for myself. No one's going to talk to me like that. No one's going to treat me like that. Okay. Well, you have that right. And the word says that what you're doing is striking with a sword. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 26 says, when you're angry, do not sin. Or you may have heard it as be angry, but do not sin. Who knows that we all get angry sometimes. You can get angry. Anger, you can't help getting angry. What you can help is what it does in you and then what comes out of you. We feel all kinds of emotions all the time. We feel love, and then we express it how we desire in that moment, whether it's, you know, some people love is a little note. Some people love is just doing things around the house. But it's a feeling that then becomes an outward expression. And we can be angry, but do not sin. And he says, do not let your... Can you pull this up in the Amplified? Yep, there we go. Good. Let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury, or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room. This is what actually happens. Verse 27. And this is why it's so key to bite that tongue. And I said I, I was going to show you that the devil loves a loose tongue. And here's the proof of the word. Leave so, no such room or foothold for the devil. In other words, what foothold means is give no opportunity to the devil. He would love us just to be flippant and to want to stand up for yourselves and to speak when you think you have the right to speak. And to just be black, we just do it all day, every day, just driving around. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it is. You start to, you look at James and you're like, it's true. It's just a bubbling spring of just garbage and vomit. And it's disgusting when you really think about what you've been thinking, you know, your thoughts coming out of your mouth as words, how you've been saying about situations or about people or about your money or about whatever it is. We'll never be this. We'll never be that. We'll never do. You can guarantee it. You might as well just stamp it right then and there. And it's not that just that your word, it's really, I'm going to prove I have just a couple more minutes. It's because you believe it. The Bible says, actually, I'll just tell you going to go there in, in uh, Matthew chapter 12, Jesus has an encounter with the Pharisees and he says to them, they're telling him his power is coming from the devil. And he's like, I don't know where you're getting your information from, but he calls, comes in back to them and says, you basically, you den of snakes, you brood of vipers. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, 
So Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Out of what's in your heart, the mouth speaks. And so it's not just you saying something, and that's what I was saying. It's not you just say, my shoes are killing me. They're not going to kill you. But what's happening is, is if you have a pattern of speaking, you just have a pattern of throwing the daggers. When you get into arguments, your pattern is that, man, you just strike. I mean, it can take just once when it comes to when it's dealing with another person, Ephesians 4.27 is very real. It can be just once. doesn't have to be a pattern. But if you're finding that in situations and what you're doing and where you work and all this, that your pattern is negativity coming out of your mouth and not the Word of God, then the Bible says that out of the abundance, out of what's in your heart, the mouth speaks. And he tells us in Ephesians don't give the devil foothold. Don't do it. You're going you're gonna to open a door to him in your life because what it's showing is the devil goes to God as a slick-haired lawyer and says, God, this is what they're saying. And, he's, and he says, God, your word says what's coming out of their mouth is what's in their heart. And if they're talking like this, and if they're treating each other like this, then God, this person surely is not trusting you and is surely not doing the only two commandments that you gave us, which is love others as yourself right now. And he says, so I have the right to go and do what I want in their life right now. And God, by the law that he designed... The blood of Jesus Christ over you covers you and when you're in it and living by it and accepting it and walking with him, it has full power over your life. But as soon as you start giving, you're giving the devil an opportunity. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to go to hell right that second, but it means you could create a situation in your life that's not going to be a good thing. I'll leave it at that. You guys can use your imagination on what happens when we start flying, our, our mouth flying out? It just never, ever ends well, does it? And he says in verse 29, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk. I love that. You know, we get that as a believer, we shouldn't say, praise you, God, but F-bomb to that person when we leave. Okay, those are obvious ones. I think that's pretty obvious, but maybe not to everyone. But I love that it says worthless talk. Jesus said to those Pharisees right after that in Matthew chapter 12, you know that every word, you're going to give account for it. You're going to give account for it. Now, if we have the blood of Christ and we have, been in, if we have lived a life of repentance and before him, I truly believe that he says you're going to give account for him, but he's going to then look at the blood He's going to look at you and he's going to wipe them. But if that's you, if you just, if what's coming out of your mouth is all that, I, I don't know. I'm going to leave that there. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like on judgment day. But the word says that out of the abundance of the, of the heart, the mouth is speaking. So if all that's ever coming out of you is polluting and evil and unwholesome and worthless when you leave here on Sundays, it's actually a great thing that's happening. Believe it or not, that's actually a great thing that's happening because what it is is your tongue is actually... See, everything the devil will do to try to get you and destroy you, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that all things work together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And the second is uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that there's nothing you're going to go through that those that others haven't faced and that there's not a way of escape. So what happens is it's actually a thermometer. As soon as you, if you are in his word, and the more you're around his word, and the more you're around God's people, and the more you're in here and worshiping and you're coming together, the more you're hearing the truth, and then you hear that come out of your mouth, it's actually an amazing opportunity to say, red flag, wow, what's in my heart? And God will always, in fact, we, I preached on this just a couple months ago about the fires that Peter talks about. 
the purification of fire, because what's happening is, is that something is bubbling out of you and you, then you can say, now, if you're not saying what's coming out of me, then you're in a different situation with God. But if you're saying, what is this coming out of me? That's not a bad thing. You have the opportunity at that moment to seize it, crush it, strike that thing, repent before the Lord and ask him to restore your heart, to break the curse that you've been speaking. And it also then makes me want to put more word in and more word in and more word in because if that's coming out of me, then I don't have enough of him in me right now. And I love that it could be as simple as worthless talk. What are we spending our time with? We have so little time here on earth. It's just called, the Bible calls it a vapor. It's a wisp of air, our life here. And if all we're ever doing is we talk about God on Sunday or on Tuesday or, you know, that one moment, but then all we talk about is, okay, I'll use myself, just make examples that I could do. If all I ever talk about is hunting during hunting season, Dawn would say that or trucks, or cars, if that's all that's ever coming out of your mouth, then now you're just showing yourself what your heart is. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. So it could be the negativity, and I wanted to deal with that today, but it could just be as simple as just worthless, just meaningless, just it's all you're ever speaking out of your mouth, using this tongue, this powerful tool that God's given you that could be praying and declaring his word in this earth, but all that's coming out, all that you spend your time doing is just talking about the things you like and the things you don't. This is a red flag, but I love red flags because it's an opportunity in God by the scriptures I just said that you can then seize that thing, realize that you need a change. In fact, just to close the Bible says, if you just skip over one chapter or two chapters in Ephesians, it actually tells us that your mouth has the opportunity by the word of God placed in it as one of the pieces of the armor of God on you. He says, just a couple chapters later, what do you use your mouth for? He says to put on the word of the word of your mouth is the sword of the spirit. The word. What you have the choice to speak, what you say can either be a dagger, as we read in Proverbs. It can be a dagger. It can be a sword to a person, literally to their soul and their spirit. Or we can use our mouth effectively based on Ephesians 6, and it's called the sword of of the Spirit. And you realize that your mouth is a sword one way or the other. Your mouth is a sword one way or the other. But the Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we are not warring against flesh and blood enemies, but against ru evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. The reality is, is the devil loves you just blabbing, 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 blabbing. Because he is fully aware of the power of the tongue. He saw Jesus speak to that fig tree and he saw the power of the tongue and then he saw it transferred into Jesus' disciples' And they started speaking things and it came about. And he realized the power of our tongue that God gave us in authority. And if he can get you speaking negativity into your situation, into your marriage, into your family, into your life, and into a person, then he's one. But the Bible says, grab that tongue, do like what Joshua said, what he told Joshua to do put the word on that tongue, and it's still a sword. And who does it strike? Not the flesh and blood enemies. It starts striking that enemy who's getting you to speak. He's getting you to speak out. But God has put a powerful tool inside you. It's a small thing. And now you see, James starts to make sense that if this thing's right, why is everything else in your life in order? 
because it's what's in you is coming out of you. And if you start speaking the word and that's all you're speaking, the what's in you, the word. Who's the word? Jesus Christ. So who are you? You are his. And then you start to see this cyclical thing that begins to happen. So the authority is now established in you and it's coming out of you. And then it actually goes to a whole nother level. You start believing God more. You start seeing the truth of it working in your life and it breaking situations. And so it's honestly, I could just go on and on about this forever. So I'm just going to close this. I'm going to close with a song, Mariah, if you can just pull that up. There's a song by Toby Mack. You've heard it on the radio if you listen to WFGB. And it's just such a truth. And the reality is we have the choice, what we say. Sometimes you need to bite your tongue. Like bite it. I'm, I'm talking just put your teeth into it. Seriously, that's what you got to do sometimes. We've all been in the situations where we wish we could just draw it back and you can't. I've had situations in my own life that one conversation, a few flippant words have literally scarred relationships for years. And they weren't necessarily lies, but because they come out of, it's like it's in your heart and it became powerful as it came out of your mouth like a sword and it struck and so I want to play this song, but I, what I want you to do is start to, if you have some of those situations, it's not too late. I want you to seize it today and begin to make yourself speak life. I mean, as soon as you want to speak something negative, begin to start speaking his word. If you need a scripture in your life for that situation, then you can get in contact. There's many here who know the word. Get in contact with one of us say, I want to say this. What's a scripture I can start declaring and just start speaking that instead? And it'll just become memory and you'll know in that situation, you'll just say this instead of that. And you're going you're gonna to mess up sometimes. You're going to be flipping sometimes. And then at that time, what I do is when it comes out of me anyway, sometimes it takes a day Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it takes a nanosecond that I realize I shouldn't have said that. And I break that thing, speak against that curse, break that curse and speak life into a person, to a situation, whatever. And the second thing is that if there is a situation where you feel like it's been scarred because you've spoken, the power of Jesus Christ goes beyond the flesh, as the word says. And you can begin to pray for that person and just begin to do only what can be done in the spirit and rewind those words and retract them. It's only a spiritual thing because it was a spiritual thing that came out of you. You can do some things in the natural, but you feel like with that particular person that you were flipping and you said something, you can like create a relationship over 10 years again, but there's always going to be that there at the drop of a pin if anything ever arises again, that thing is still there. And so you have the opportunity, though, through Jesus Christ alone and through his spirit to get rid of that thing. And I just want you to meditate on maybe some of those moments. There are memorable moments where we shouldn't have said what we said. And only through Jesus Christ, you can rewind it and break that curse and then just start to speak life over their family, over their household. And whoever it is, whatever the situation is, just start speaking it. So we'll close with this song.